Welcome back to Insights Unlocked. I'm Nathan Isaacs, Senior Manager for Content Production at User Testing. In today's episode, we're tackling a fundamental yet often overlooked aspect of startup success, talking with your customers. In my conversation with Sienna Hickey, we explore the risks that founders face when neglecting customer feedback and the transformative benefits of building a customer-centric culture. From practical strategies to the imperative of leadership, get ready to unlock the secrets of startup growth through meaningful customer conversations. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Insights Unlocked, an original podcast from User Testing, where we bring you candid conversations and stories with the thinkers, doers, and builders behind some of the most successful digital products and experiences in the world, from concept to execution. Welcome back to the Insights Unlocked podcast. Today, we'll be talking with Sienna Hickey about why startup founders should do a better job of talking with their customers. Sienna has been consulting brands on product marketing across America, Europe, Asia, and Africa. Welcome to the show, Sienna. Hey, Nathan. Glad to be here. To tee up our conversation, we've asked founders and business owners in the user testing contributor network their thoughts about talking with their customers. Here's what they said. What is the importance of getting customer feedback as a startup founder? I think it's huge. Huge, 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 because even as far as like, okay, so feedback on your product, obviously you want people to, um, you know, want to use your product to find a need or a want within your product, but also is there something that could be better? I think that listening to customer feedback is huge. And I think it's one of the most important ways to dictate the way that your business moves forward. I think in many cases, it just, you don't know how to do that, right? Um, like, how do you find your target your target audience beforehand? Like, what are, what are the means to be able to go out and have those conversations? I think it's for me, it was more of a like, where do I even start? Where would I go to even do that? Sienna, after watching that, what were your first impressions? Two things kind of struck me as I watched that. Number one is just the human condition. We prioritize the things that we're good at. Often, the startup founders that I work with dive into a product with an engineering background or from a previous product experience. And it makes sense that they wouldn't step into that role, you know, with a full on customer lens intact. So naturally, you know, we kind of put off the things that are not obvious to us and we focus on those things that we feel are more achievable. Uh, one of the guys in those videos mentioned just the sheer confusion around how you find customers. Where do you go to identify your target audience and how do you have literal conversation with them? And then the second thing that came to mind is people hear that word feedback and they often in assume that it's inherently negative. One of your founders said that customer feedback is one of the most important ways to dictate how your business moves forward. To me, it is the way to decide how your business moves forward. And it does take a different type of vulnerability to open up your hard work to the people that you want to like it most. Yeah, I agree. And I think it was that same person you mentioned, but they said there's this opportunity to discover something you hadn't even thought about yet. You know, they hinted yeah. at that. They were yeah. saying like, and that's, I think that's the thing is like, if you just go in with this mindset, like, oh, I, I want them to see if this button works or do they like my new gizmo? Uh, you may not know of other opportunities that you could even be easier or cheaper for you to build and roll out and make more money at. You know, so you got to go talk to your customers uh, if, you know, there's just, you might be leaving money on the table. Absolutely. 
You say uh, that pressure to grow fast may be one of the reasons why founders are not talking with their prospective customers. What's the risk for startup founders if they skip this step? And if there is a downside, why do VCs and other investors to these startups allow it to happen in the first place? Yeah, it's probably the question I get most often in that kind of discovery phase with potential clients. Uh, you know, why do we need to invest in this or why is it important to think about customer research as a part of that initial startup team? So there's a few things that, that come to mind here. One, and this is the, the most obvious thing that I know founders care deeply about, is speaking their customer's language. And until you actually go out and talk to customers, you can never be fully certain how it is they want to be spoken to. You might have a surface level understanding of the pain that you're trying to solve for, but what I often see happen is those founders who are kind of deep in the trenches of their product really over-intellectualize the marketing copy that they use in those initial stages of acquiring customers. So that, you know, the startup comes to life and it's more of a product solution in search of a problem versus the other way around, which is, hey, here's a set of people that are in this pain and we can do something about it. The next thing that I often talk to my clients about is, you know, the difference between acquisition and retention. And the risk for startup founders that skip the step of customer research is that they focus on acquisition without thinking of retention. It's a quick way to show progress to your VCs or other investors. So we go after those vanity metrics that say, hey, look at this growth. You know, we're going up and to the right. Fantastic. But we're not thinking holistically about the customer's lifetime with the product or service. And then finally, you know, this is kind of more of a, a good for you, not necessarily a need to have up front. But it's really good to get in the habit of building the feedback loop with customers because, like you said, you know, one of the founders mentioned that iteration and improvement comes from a place that you might not even know exists while you're in the throes of building your product from the start. So those are all the uh, the dangers uh, and the risks that are involved in not getting customer feedback. Uh, what are the benefits for the startup founders? First and foremost, talking to customers is evidence of a problem. And the specific alternatives that people use to dole that pain, when you've isolated a problem or a pain point that you're solving for, talking to real people helps you understand the other things that they use as an alternative source or solution at this point in time. And again, that helps you kind of uncover what your unknown unknowns are in your product development lifecycle. Talking to customers is really fast feedback. When you've got a lean team of developers or you know your, your leadership is wearing 10 hats at once, we often deprioritize customer conversations because it does take thought. It takes a, a deep understanding of how to ask good questions and solicit feedback in a way that's conducive to actioning off of that. I still believe deeply that talking to users is the fastest way to isolate and prioritize those inevitable issues that will arise during your product development journey. And then just to touch on kind of the positive aspect of feedback, you know, that feedback from first movers and power users helps you learn the language of the customer and what their true aha moments are. You know, you might kind of go into your roadmap thinking these are going to be those magic moments, but until you actually hear it from the customer, uh, you can't be sure. And getting customer feedback is a fun way to inject that language into your marketing assets. You can literally repurpose the phrasing that a customer gives to you as a way to talk about your product back to the customers that you're trying to target. 
Absolutely. I mean, it's better to use their language to, A, describe the problems that they're having, or B, what the potential solutions are that they're looking for, than some sort of word you came up with in, you know, some conference room with a other bunch of engineers, right? All of this sort of reminds me of the conversation we had with Ben Hogan uh, from Notre Dame's Idea Center. That's the startup incubator for that community and requires, uh, they require customer validation as part of their early uh, uh, um, seed funding. So each step along the way, you're getting more and more customer feedback and it kind of validates, you know, investing in these companies as they, as they grow and they've had huge success. Uh, we'll include a link in the uh, show notes to that. Um, so I'm wondering, uh, what are some ways startup founders can talk with customers and how can they bring back those insights and apply them quickly into the business? I like to bucket feedback into two categories because depending on the phase of the journey that your product team is in or you know the amount of investment that you have behind your product idea, you might have 100 bucks or you might have zero bucks. I'll start out giving a few examples of things you can do with a cost. So number one is surveys. Surveys are always a great tool to use, whether you are attaching them to an email campaign or offering them as single le links inside of a, a Facebook group or a WhatsApp community. It's important to focus on those open-ended questions. And something that founders are often surprised to learn is that when you ask a customer in a feedback survey, if they're open to a follow-up, it gives you this additional, most of the time, free opportunity to have an in-depth conversation with somebody who is acting as a product advocate for you. Um, this is especially critical in those early stages where you're going after early adopters who are in it with you. They want to help you grow and their critical feedback is going to be one of the key things that you have to validate the customer problem that you're solving. Um, kind of to, to build on that idea of talking to customers directly, another key tool that I've seen be very successful and I've helped clients build out is a customer advocacy program. And that's just a fancy way of saying, let's get together a group of customers that we can rely on for consistent feedback. So we can call on them for specific one-off questions. We can invite them into a focus group where we talk about a certain update or product extension that we're thinking about. And that not only allows you to get customer feedback, you know, in a methodical way, but it helps you build and then scale this advocacy program as you grow so that you always have an honest look from a customer's perspective, what's going on on their side, using your product with their kind of greater ecosystem of behaviors. And then moving over to the free way to get feedback, uh, one of my favorite secret weapons is using reviews online as a way to learn from customers without talking to them directly or soliciting feedback from them about a specific point in time. And you can do this in one of two ways. If your product is already available online, uh, it's customer reviews for your product, of course. But then alternatively, you can go to you know, your competition, you can go to alternatives in the marketplace that your customers have cited to you uh, and go look at those reviews and see what makes people stick and what makes people icky and use that as additional fodder for the conversation as you move forward. And then the final point I'll make here, Nathan, is in terms of applying a feedback mindset, you know, how do you create a culture within your product team that this is a necessary component of how you're going to scale together? 
What I've seen most effective is when the leadership team speaks loudly and often about the value of customer validation and they take action on it. What I mean by that is your leadership team is ensuring that the product roadmap reflects the voice of the customer. They're not just paying lip service to it. They are making adjustments as they go, as they learn. And they're choosing to invest in customer research as a partner with, not a service to, the product organization. You know, you were talking there and it reminded me, I'm sorry, uh, but I'm thinking of another episode. And this was a conversation we had with uh, Christian Iotti with the Silicon Valley uh, product group. I mean, what he was saying is is really get out there and ask the uncomfortable questions. Like we're yeah. so afraid of asking, you know, like, oh, would you buy my product? And we'll just let the person say yes or no. But we won't follow up that question and say, well, can you give me $5 for it right now? And and <laughs> and it, you really get to the sense of like, are was the person you asking, was the person you were asking, are they just trying to be polite and say something nice to you? Or can you really get some real meaningful insights out of them? Like if they're willing to buy it, how much would they buy it for? Would they spend $100? Uh, would they give you that credit card information right there and then? Uh, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. It's a, a great way to really get next level and also get beyond our own fear of talking to people about these sort of Absolutely. things. You know, the fear of rejection that's going on. Um, uh, I know, I know your, your listeners can't see me nodding emphatically right now, but you know, one of my biggest gripes with soliciting feedback from customers is when people do just that. It's asking hypothetical questions to you know, pet the ego idea that you have around how fabulous it might be in the future. Um, and we're much better at, off asking questions about the here and now and historical behaviors that your users have had. We're going to transition to our lightning round. And uh, the first question in our lightning round is, um, is there a book you're reading uh, that you would recommend to others? It's funny that you just brought up asking good questions because I'm not reading it right now the second, but it's a book that I often gift to people on my teams. Is It's called A More Beautiful Question by Warren Berger. And A More Beautiful Question is about the power of inquiry and you know being relentless about asking good questions early and often. Excellent. I'm going to have to check that out. Uh, What's one piece of advice you would give to someone trying to convince others to invest in customer feedback? I love that kind of layered question. And and it's a tough one, but I, I think the one piece of advice that I would share is the power of generative research is that it helps you understand the person behind the user. It prevents over investing in development to learn something that you could have learned by just having a few conversations that, that are you know well scripted and based off of interesting questions. And you are not the user, right? You are already making educated hypotheses as an early product about who your target audience is in those early days. And customer feedback helps you minimize all those additional layers of assumptions that you might be piling on about how they will behave. I mean, I think all of your answers and, and that answer right there has just spoken to the the fact that it's just cheaper, uh, mm-hmm. both in time and money, uh, just to go out and talk to people. Um, 100%. When you think of the uh, about the future of product and product development and product positioning, what are you most excited about? I'm most excited about positioning. And that's the part that my clients and I really have fun with. 
I've started to see this trend in the conversation, you know, primarily on LinkedIn, away from good design, in quotes, right? Let's have a beautiful landing page. Let's optimize our UI. These are all still things that people care about, but that's kind of table stakes now. And I see the conversation shifting more towards the topic of good positioning. Because for a team to find product user fit, and then ultimately product market fit, they must obsess over the positioning of the product to make sure they're talking to the right kind of people who really care a lot about the value they offer. I couldn't agree more there. That's nice and succinct too. Uh, Sienna, thank you for being on the show today. If someone wants to learn more about you and what you're doing, where should they go? Yeah, thanks for having me, Nathan. Uh, I'm super active on LinkedIn, so do please follow me there. It's Sienna Hickey. And you can learn more about my consulting services at sanzostrategy.com. Great. And again, hey, thank you again for being on the show. Thanks, Nathan. Want to keep the conversation going? You can find the show notes at usertesting.com slash podcast. If you haven't already, don't forget to follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Overcast, or Google Play so you never miss an episode. And if you enjoyed today's show, please share it with a friend or leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. And until next time, this is Insights Unlocked, an original podcast from user testing.